In today's episode, we're talking about staff retreats and approaches to resetting and working on your business instead of just working in it. From Engagement, this is Flip the Switch. What up, Katie? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Let's uh, let's jump into this. So today we are talking all about employee experience, uh, some of the work that we've seen and we've heard senior leaders be focused on this summer, uh, especially as it gets to kind of be this time where people are balancing taking vacations. Uh, some businesses tend to be a little bit slower. So this is really a time where you can kind of take a step back oftentimes, at least with a lot of the people that we work with. And look at your business and start to work on it as opposed to working in it. Um, so we just wanted to jump in and, and talk a little bit about what we're seeing and how we're helping different organizations do some of this. Katie, any any thoughts before we jump in? I think this is really the golden timing for us. We do work with a lot of sports entertainment organizations. I mean, outside of baseball, which is just in the swing of things, most of your sports teams are kind of hitting their break. And this is a time that you see you know, a lot of new staff coming in. It's the opportunity to put in new ideas. It's kind of your opportunity to break that the way we always do it cycle if you are ready to jump into that mode. So um, really wanted to, we've had a lot of conversations with organizations that are starting to think that way, but maybe they're not quite sure how to do it. So that's why we wanted to jump in and have this conversation today. All right, let's do it. Um, Katie, where do you want to start? I think part of it starts with kind of reframing. Like we said, a lot of organizations are, are in that summer break. You know, July is usually the big month that is kind of an off month for a lot of sports and entertainment organizations. Maybe June if you aren't hosting some of those postseasons. But the problem is, is that so many of them are starting your sales cycles in January or you're starting the planning and bidding process for things in the fall. So you always just feel like you're behind the eight ball. So there's got to be that clear signal that there's a change and it's similar to like a new year's resolution or you know a diet starts on monday like what is that date that is giving you that point that there is a change it's a new year it's a new chapter it's time for that fresh start i think where i think we're kind of getting at for us like is almost like this like retreat right so almost like a step back and saying hey let's gather everybody together Let's set the goals coming for the next year. And and this is where, like, I think in the space that we work in, the off season is a lot of times your chance to, like, reset and say, how are we going to, how are we going to tackle it? What needs to get done? But there, there seems to be less, like, priority setting and action planning towards that and more just like, oh, we want to get better every year, right? This year we want right. to get better. How do we make it better? And what ends up happening from a lot of times we see is, like, these little plus ups and not necessarily a, a large shift. And today does feel like a time where the external pressures, the external industry, the external environment is forcing you to totally rethink the sports and entertainment business. And quite frankly, the customer experience and employee experience of whatever business that you're in. So sometimes that requires a little bit of bringing everybody together to actually start digging in and saying, what do we see that's different? What are we hearing from our customers that's different? And how do we set some goals and then action plan towards those goals a little bit differently? It's the question that you and I always come back to whenever we start a project is how do we define success? What is going to be your success metrics for the year? What do you want to achieve? Do you want to get 
just a little bit better? Do you want to change one system? Do you want to overhaul your whole operation? Do you want to create an entirely new org chart within your team? How do you want to define success for the year to make it different, to make it that you want to get up and get out of bed and go to work every single day, that you feel like you're in a role that is new and exciting for you? Yeah. And so this is where, like, again, having measurable metrics really matters too. Even if you're in the operation and you're not on the sales side, like sometimes we see a lot of organizations that'll be really, especially in sports entertainment, really, really set and and solid from a how to hold people accountable on the sales and development and corporate partnership side of the house. But when it comes to operations, there's a lot less metrics that are being used to hold people accountable to. Like very rarely when we go into an organization and I'm like, hey, how are you evaluated for success? How, how do you know if you're doing a good job or not? It's very, very few and far between where an operations perspective per person says, hey, I've got a, a net promoter score of this last year. My goal is to get from X to Y and here's how we're going to do it. Like that very, very rarely happens because a lot of times those things aren't even being measured and they haven't been set or communicated with that person or marketing is doing the survey and they have all that data, but it's not being shared with the operations team. So that's where, again, I think just even something, something that a leader, uh, his name is Mark Schaefer at Disney. He was the SVP of revenue management globally for, for the Walt Disney company. Uh, so oversaw so many different areas of the business. And I remember having lunch with him and one time he was like, David, everything can be measured. There's literally nothing that cannot be measured at this point in time. Um, and so that was really just an eye-opening thing for me where I was like, okay, no matter what it is, it can be measured. Uh, and it just takes a little bit more creativity to get there sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, I even go back to, I had a part-time stint at Starbucks and we even tried to get our drive-through time from 45 seconds to 44 seconds, you know, and it was a competition across the district to see if we could get that one second faster for the average for the month, you know, even one tiny metric like that, one second seems so insignificant, but it can be something that it's fun. It's a challenge. It gets you excited to be part of the team that's trying to accomplish that for the day. Love it. Love it. Um, so one question, Katie, for, that I would think of is like for people that are really running around going from one thing to the next and people feel like they're always out of time, like how how do you reframe that so that you actually have time to work on the business? I think, you know, if you're looking at it as it's July and football season starts in August and I don't have time to implement it, then start looking at it for what are the what are the little tiny things that you can change each individual game? You don't have to do a big overhaul, but what are the little tiny things that you can start to change and then start building your plan for next year? Like maybe this is your launch point for 2023. If you need to start that cycle now for the, you know, the sales cycle or the bid bid proposals that you guys are putting in now, you know, start that process now and not wait until next summer to start the same over out of time cycle. Yeah. Well, I think one part of this as well is like, I mean, in my mind, right, really setting a, a clear signal that, hey, we're starting something to your point. You, maybe mm -hmm. it's even you're using this year as a baseline so you can capture some things and make improvements, really big strides for 2023. But you, you need some kind of clear signal that there is a change. And, and this is something that at, at Disney that we did whenever we would work with clients and, and we do it here quite often as well is 
talking about a, a change story. So before you do any work with the organization, really having some type of communication come out from senior leaders that says, here's what's happening. Here's why this change is coming. And here's where we want to get to. And here's this is what your role is going to be involved in this process, right? But it's a specific signal, clear, in that case, a clear memo or a clear signal to the organization. Change is coming. We're not going to have all the answers for it, but change is coming and here is why. And so I think there's a bunch of different ways that you can have a clear signal that there's change. It doesn't necessarily need to be a change story, right? That worked for us when we were doing culture transformations. But if you're working on some type of other change, there's other types of signals that you can issue out. And I think a lot of teams do use this team retreat aspects. You know, it's an opportunity to one, bring everybody together, kind of talk about the highs of and celebrate what you did accomplish over the last year. Um, it is kind of that reset point. And sometimes, you know, like we've mentioned, there's a lot of new staff coming in. So it's an opportunity to kind of ingrain the new staff, bring them into the fold and have them help set the plans, the trends, the goals that you're going to set for the next year. Love it. Um, so we keep talking about this kind of like retreat. What do you, what, what makes a good retreat in your mind? Like how, how are you thinking about retreats right now with organizations that we work with? The way I think about retreats is it's something that is breaking you out of your day-to-day. -day. It's not pulling out the same old marketing operations, sales plan, updating a couple of numbers. It's, you know, basically giving yourself a clean slate. And it's a way to, you know, utilize some of the things that we talk about on this podcast. And whether you're pulling out a Jesse Cole idea palooza or, you know, you're just pulling out a, a brainstorm, uh, how might we do this differently? And it's one question that you're trying to reframe, but putting yourself in a different space, putting yourself in a different mindset, giving yourself permission to think differently, that is normally different than sitting in your office and trying to come up with these ideas. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it has to go with like, and we've talked about this as well, but it, has to be more focused on strategy and has to have some type of end like to do it just a, a retreat for team morale to me is not like the best use of time i think you can do things like that outside of work right like a like a holiday party or a, a kickball game or something like that those i don't classify as retreats i think when we're thinking about these retreats it's truly something where work is being accomplished and there's some type of working on on the business versus working in the business. I think a lot of what you were talking about, Katie, is like working in the business where we're getting status updates and different types of things. Like that that's working in the business, right? This is where we need to mm -hmm. take, be able to take a step back. That's why they call it a retreat, right? You're removing yourself from the day-to-day, -day, looking at the business from a third party's perspective or from a, um, a an omniscient or uh, whatever it might be, like a, a bird's eye view and saying, okay, Here's what we see around the business. Here's the realities of the industry. Here's how the consumers' wants, goals, needs, emotions, stereotypes are evolving. Here's where our business stands. Here's what our current offerings and services and products are. How do we take a step back to be able to marry what's happening outside of our business and alter what's happening inside of our business to match those things? And that's where I think a retreat is really a, a good way to do that because you can actually take a step back. And a lot of team building happens there. Right. A lot of right. being able to being able to cross functionally work towards one bigger goal. That honestly is a, a a lot of times a much better thing for team building than a kickball game. Right. Kickball game, we're, we're developing some personal trust, sure. But 
we're not, I'm not furthering my relationship with someone professionally by playing kickball, right? I'm, I'm picking on kickball. I think it, right. there's a time and a place for it, but that's not to be confused with like, oh, we did a team retreat. Like that's not what it is. That's a morale building thing versus a strategy enhancing activity, right? So yes. some of some of the ways I've thinking about these. And I think, you know, the way we're, we're kind of describing it is that team retreats can still be fun, especially when you're having the freedom to be able to think outside of the normal confines of your day and what you know to work versus what you think could work or what you hope could work or what you want to work. Um, you know, people can bring in a different meal or something that could be a, a break from the ordinary, the same old sandwich and chips that you eat at your desk every single day. But there is an aspect of putting in the work to it, too. Yeah, no question. And I, and I think, too, like this is where like have fun with it. This is where like fun activities can come in. Right? If you're if you're if your retreat consists of people presenting PowerPoints, like unless you have really funny people like me. I'm just kidding. Uh, this is this is why we need fun activities because you got people like me facilitating, and I get too serious. But um, unless you make fun of them, and then they throw the you know stress balls back at you. It's great, great point. Yeah, I mean there there's there's all kinds of ways that you can spice it up with different fun activities, right? And it could be as simple as, to your point, bringing squishy balls and anytime someone throws their hands up right that ball gets tossed around I mean, we've done it where you get a uh, they make actually like squishy microphones um that you can toss around at people for this very purpose to like kind of spice it up and make it fun um but then even from a brainstorming perspective there are fun constraints that you can put on a brainstorm like your own this team's only allowed to come up with ideas that'll get that would get them fired if they were to bring it up in a normal setting. This team's only allowed to bring up ideas that would cost a million dollars. This idea is only, right? There's all kinds of fun constraints that you can do um, that actually good ideas and things come out of. And by just changing up the way that people normally think about things, it can be fun. Um, and obviously, like, come at things with a sense of humor. Well, and I think that's kind of the value that a facilitator brings to a workshop is that they probably encourage more open dialogue. They probably ask more provocative questions like, what would get you fired if you presented this idea? But they create the safe space by organizing the feedback or facilitating the dialogue in a way that people are comfortable enough to share. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess if the if the the boss, the president or the athletic director or the, the owner of the company were to say, hey, I only want you ideas... I only want you to come up with ideas that are going to get you fired. If you say it, it's probably, <laughs> nobody's probably going to come up with it. But for me or you, we can say that and it'll exactly. go a lot better. Uh, so there's, I think there's other, other um, values to having a facilitator, a third party facilitator work in one of these retreats. And one of those values is that there's a non-bias that's coming in, right? I can say things, you can say things that, truly are ignorantly or naive about the organization we have no filter because we don't necessarily know that that one thing is a soft spot in a senior leaders uh in a senior leaders purview right there might be that you think about in your own organization i know all of you have that one senior leader that if you bring up that one topic it's going to be sore for that person but it most likely needs to be addressed and if that person is running the session or present in the session and there's not a third party facilitating that, they're, the facilitator is going to be aware and they're not going to bring it up and the thing's not going to ever get talked about versus a third party facilitator is probably going to bring it up if it needs to be addressed, whether that person is comfortable with it or not. And 
they're not, sorry, get comfortable with it. That's what the business needs. Um, so there's some value there in having that third party facilitator in addition to all the best practices that they bring and different exercises and ability to control conversation, right? There's tons of value that a third party facilitator brings in that scenario. Well, and especially if, as you said, you know, you're trying to take a step back and look at the industry as a whole and not just look at how are you transforming your own organization, that facilitator can bring in a wealth of information and best practices, maybe able to pull in things from other industries as well, which is something that we like to do a lot is that particularly from customer experience, we don't always just pull in Disney. We don't always just pull in sports entertainment organizations. We've looked at Chick-fil-A and Southwest and Ritz-Carlton and some of the other areas and bring that expertise in in a way that can actually help contribute and bring in some other ideas that when you're working on 30 some sports per year times, you know, 500 events, you may not have the opportunity to do that research and be able to pull in that insight from other industries. And when we're doing these, we ask a lot of dumb questions like, why aren't we doing it for that? Why are we doing that the way that we're doing that? Why is parking set up like that? Why is this person running concessions, right? Like there, there's a lot of dumb questions that can get answered or get asked that everybody else is too scared to ask because they should know the answer or they do know the answer, but in a group setting might be uncomfortable asking it. We're going to ask that question if that's what we see. So that's where I think there's a lot of value. Sometimes people have the meetings after the meetings and what really needs to get said in a group setting where people can actively problem solve doesn't get said because people don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Um, and that's not what this is about, but on a retreat, you're trying to work on the business, not in the business. And so you got to be able to step back. And sometimes it takes a third party facilitator to do that. Well, and I was recently listening to a Greg McEwen podcast about the fact that and oftentimes in organizations, you don't see the conflict resolution. If you know, your senior leaders are having a discussion about something and they're like, you have the conversation, well, we'll take this offline and we'll settle it. You don't always see what are the steps that are taken towards settling it. And so all you just see is you see the fight, you see the resolution, you don't know how we got there. And so teams never learn to work out some of the problems. They never learn how to present differing opinions and come to the resolution. So by having a facilitator, they can, they can organize and be the buffer in that dialogue and help create that opportunity for people to share differing opinions and be able to create that resolution that maybe they're not always privy to. I think the other great thing about it, I'm like, we're just hyping ourselves up here. Is that, is that what we're doing? I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't think it's necessarily just us, right? It's like any third party, good third party facilitator is going to be able to do a lot of these things. And I think where, you know, one of the other additional value points is like the ability to take a step back organize that feedback and put it into an action plan, right? Not mm -hmm. everything that gets shared in that session is worthwhile acting upon. Right. And even though somebody might've been really passionate about it in the moment, when you take a step back and you start to compile all the information from that session, certain things really stand out as patterns and things that need to be addressed versus the one thing that somebody was just vehemently talking about. It might not have gotten, it might not make sense in the bigger scheme of things. And so a third party facilitator is really going to be able to organize all of that information post session and be able to report it back in a actionable way that gives you some guidance to go forward for the next six months. Absolutely. And you can also form the task forces out of this. And then that's one thing that has facilitated a lot of the work that we've done with some of our partners is we've done the retreats and then we've helped or, you know, facilitate the task forces and, and help them 
establish the path forward to actually working on some of the things that have come from the retreat. And that's one of the things that we're hoping to help other organizations is establish the clear 30, 60, 90 day pass forward that you've had this retreat. Now, what do you do with it? Nobody wants to go and sit in another retreat where you talk about, have all these great ideas and you have the action plan, but it sits on a shelf. That, that, and, and that's where like, I mean, so just to give you an idea, uh, uh, and Katie already knows this, but for everybody listening, like one of the things that, uh, from a recent retreat that we ran, right. Some different topics that came out of that were, especially on the topic of employee experience, things like, uh, flexible workplace. Like, what does that actually look like? What does flexible schedule look like? Is it core hours? Is it hybrid? Is it, you know, what, what does hybrid actually mean? Do we have Fridays off? Are we just working from 10 to four every day? Like who can work off who versus who has to be in the office? Like there's a whole lot of nuances just within that one topic of flexible work. And so those are some of the things we're not helping clients with um but some of the other topics right i mean like even things like talent development and professional development how are we upskilling the staff that we have so that they can be better equipped for the changing environment outside the business another one might be like onboarding we got a new employee coming in what are the steps what are the things that they need let's put ourselves in their shoes and say what was it like to move here do they know where do they have a realtor do they have a babysitter do they know where to go for getting a parking permit, right? Like all the little things that are non-benefits related. What does that look like? How does that onboarding get connected? Um, there's so many other topics as well. I mean, everything from leadership communication both ways. How's it getting up to leadership? How's it getting down to leadership? And specifically crafting out like what are the strategies and tactics that are going to be involved in that? Is it as simple as a Friday voicemail that goes out or a video that gets recorded every day for a minute on an iPhone that's a selfie, like our boy Jesse Cole at the Savannah Bananas does, um, that goes out to the team just saying, hey, here's what I heard in the business yesterday. Here's what we were working on from a, from a leadership perspective. Let's go out and crush them, right? Like something as simple as that to communicating up to leaders is it that you're doing a, a monthly lunch and learn that's optional. Feel free to come through and hear what the senior leaders are working on and, and give feedback to them. Um, and that way senior leaders can actually create a formalized structure where they're staying in touch with their frontline people. Cause I think a lot of times that falls to the wayside. So there's a lot of topics, but coming out of a retreat, you're going to hear what those topics are. Those, the topics that we just named were appropriate for the one client that we we're working with that did that retreat. But those topics might not be the most pressing employee experience or customer experience topics for your organization. So it's about coming together, bringing those ideas out, and then saying, okay, how do we act on that post? I don't even know if I have anything to add on that. You just covered it so well. All right. I know this is a, it's just a short little mini episode to get people thinking, but um, hopefully uh, it comes in handy. You want to wrap us up and bring us home? Absolutely. We know this is a time for everybody to take some well-deserved time off after a, a hectic sports season and another hectic sports season is along the way, but take the time to find one thing that could be different this year. Break that the way we always do it cycle. There is at least some point this year that you thought we could do that better. At whatever that one item is, put the action step in place to do that one item better. And if it takes a team retreat, whether it's within your immediate team or whether you want to do something with your entire department, take an opportunity to reset and find a way to make your job new and exciting and different and have a new goal for the year. Love it, Katie. Appreciate you putting this together. 
And to everybody listening, thanks for tuning in and give us a shout uh, if you need help with some of this stuff. Again, we're running retreats regularly for a bunch of different clients um, that are active, longer term clients and for newer clients that we're bringing on board. So uh, feel free to give us a shout. You can email me at davidm at engagementpartners.com or katie at katie at engagementpartners.com. We'd love to talk with you, think through some of your needs and see if we can help you out. Peace. Hey guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.